Good morning. What's good, everybody? See y'all in here early, 7.50. Alpha Bell gets the shout out. He was the first chat in the building. Appreciate you tuning in on this Thursday morning. What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Ron? What's good? What's good? You know, had to drive halfway between the Rose Bowl and the Woody to find Q and beat his ass yesterday after the yeah. fucking episode. He's talking a little crazy. Had to pull up on him. But it's all good. We're here. We're still doing the show. That hundred percent is fiction. <laughs> Ron barely leaves his house. He come to find me. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, man. I was going to everybody with me. Um, preference what we got going on today in general. So one, appreciate y'all tuning in here. Got ten people in here early. Go ahead, like that video. We appreciate y'all tuning in. We got a big day for y'all today. Obviously, last night, if you missed it, the national show with Mike and the gang, they did a great job, had some guest interviews that previewed some games, so definitely go in and tune into that. I believe the Utah um, beat writer was in there, and they had one more. I was just in there right behind the time they came, so good show, man. Um, definitely go check that out. Also, tonight, we have State of the Program with Chris Drew. Y'all seem to like that guy, so we, we bring him back. Um I want to say, go for it. we will be we will be drinking tonight. We'll be having a good time, having a little season kickoff, I guess. Show so bring your drinks, bring your shots, all of that. Um, I think we're gonna do a. Um, I think we're gonna do a seven a seven dollar um, super chat shot price. We're gonna take a shot with us. That way, we do not black out on the show because Ron has banned it. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, hey, ninety nine cents, let's roll. <laughs> it was it was warned off of that. <laughs> So I'm good to have, but yeah, Bickers do tonight, stay in the program. Can't wait to do that. And then, as we said, Saturday, we're gonna have the kickoff show, 10 a.m. Be in here for that. Ron will be on Bleacher Report right after the game. Saturday games at three. So after the game wraps up, Ron will be on Bleacher Report giving his immediate thoughts. And then Sunday, Buckeye BS. I think is that everything, Ron? Uh yeah, that is everything. Okay, cool. So Let's hop into it this morning. But I got to start. I got to start on one thing. Okay, so yesterday we obviously had our debate with the, with the quarterback situation and all that. And honestly, I did not know Ron was going to be on the other side of me. He kind of he kind of jumped me with that because I told Ron, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming in with energy tomorrow. He was like, oh, me too. I'm just not going to tell you. So I'm not going to And we were not, which made for a good show. Very organic. The debate was not planned by any means. It just sort of happened. But we had well, we had yeah, record comments on that show. People were quite concerned yeah. by the <laughs> by the debate. I think we had over 50 comments on yesterday's show, ranging from Ron's right, Q's right, to people talking about their ex-boyfriends in the comments. Like, it, <laughs> like I we evoked emotion from people yesterday. <laughs> which which was fun, man. It, it, it was really cool. Um I was I had a great show. But one thing I, I do want to preface is if I see, I don't see this a lot on this channel. I've only seen it maybe a couple times, but in Twitter in general, and it's the question of the coaches. Like, the coach gets paid $10 million. We shouldn't question anything they do. And I, I will say this just for that general remark. One, yes, we are fans. They ask us to be invested in the or We're media now, I guess. But they ask us to be invested in the team. They ask us to show up, follow on social media, you know, pay money, all that. I promise you, I will not question anything Ryan Day does when he does the three goals on his list. When the beat Michigan, 
win the Big Ten, win a national championship. The season after, this motherfucker walk in and say, I'm playing all four quarterbacks, both halves. I will not say shit. I'm like, hey, this dude won a, won a title. All that. But when you go 0 for 3 on back-to-back seasons, yes, we can question coaches. We question Jim Knowles all offseason. Nobody would float to his defense like, you can't question Jim Knowles. We did it all offseason. We questioned coaches in the past. Heck. Y'all question politics and the president every every other day. And half us never worked in the government before. So it is okay to question coaches and things like that. This is what this channel is built on, being able to share your opinion, whether you agree or not, and, and be able to say that and share it. And we come to this community and we talk about it. So that's one thing I do want to say is that you're going to get that on this channel. We're going to question people. And sometimes, or really a good track record over the summer, we've been right. <laughs> so don't question them just, just with idiotic takes most of the time. But, yeah, other than that, man, that's all I got. Ryan, got anything? No, that was a nice little monologue. I normally summarize that little statement by reminding people that I'm a Hall of Fame Twitter coach, and yeah. really that's the only credentials I need to question a coach. So, <laughs> I mean, you show me your holo- you show me your gold jacket from Twitter, and you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe maybe I'll consider your opinion. But until then, you know what I mean? I'm going to get on here with my gold jacket talk my shit. Yeah, man. So it's in the dry cleaners. When it comes out, I'll wear it on the show. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I.O. Mello, let's get into it. So <laughs> along with the show notes we had before, we got to talk wide receivers. No, no. Explain explain about our show notes yesterday. <laughs> so, because we had like so a whole stupid. outline, like we were about to do a months-long show with content that went over two pages and we got to bullet two and never made it past there because the conversation got so heated. So y'all, y'all want it organic, right? That's organic. We didn't do nothing off the show today. We had a lot to talk about. That's too funny. So today we're going to talk. Uh, obviously, running backs interviewed yesterday. We're going to talk some of them. But we're going to talk wide receivers. They had mentions about that. Talk tight ends. Um, talk offensive line. Uh, we actually got some uh, – we got aware of the coaches in the box, so we will be talking them because obviously we had some change for last season with Coach K-Dub getting up out of here. And then Jim Knowles came to talk, so we will touch on his – because he, he gave us a lot of nuggets in there in his press conference. So that's where we'll go. We will start with wide receiver because Day started with wide receiver and was asked, Day, how many wide receivers will you play this season? Day responded with – he has five to six that are ready to go right now. So I will go to Ron. Ron, we've talked about the rotation of receivers a lot. How we need to rotate more. Guys have a dead legs at the end of the season. Are you excited? And chat, let me know about the run, the wide receiver room getting already telling us they're going to play a little deeper into it. They're at least going to go probably five, six, but I would guess six deep. I wasn't sure he was saying that he was going to go six deep. I think he said he felt comfortable playing six. So I don't know, maybe I misinterpreted that, but my right. I don't know how much of a rotation we're gonna see, but I think he's comfortable playing with uh playing six. And my concern is I, I talked to Chris Drew yesterday after the show and I was like, Well, who do you think the six are? And obviously, you know, the three, <laughs> Mech, uh, Marv, and Julian, and then your next two are gonna be JB, Carnell. And then a third one's likely going to be XJ. So I'm guessing by the end of the season, Brandon Innes makes a little push into that rotation, and we start seeing him come in in the slot. 
and get that time, uh, the more time that he gets on campus. But I think uh, I'm comfortable with seeing all six. I think uh, the room is plenty deep. I think keeping these guys' legs fresh uh, is important. We saw how much different Emeka looked after a month of rest at the end of the season. So, yeah, I think this expanded rotation will be good, whether we see um, a lot of them or not. I feel like any time um, one of these guys comes out of the game, the drop-off will be minimal. Yeah, I'm right with you. Yeah, when he did say six, I did wonder who are the six because obviously not starting, you would <clears throat> excuse me, you would figure Carnell Tate's in there, uh, JB, um, XJ, and Brandon Ennis are all guys we've heard names of a lot. And Brandon Ennis has the road to the field easier than any other receiver because there's really no slots now after, unless you move a mega to the slot, there's really no slots after JSN walked out the door. So I'm hoping that gets pushed to seven, and obviously XJ should get his time. I mean, he's been here, and uh, Brandon Ennis is just getting on campus, so maybe you start XJ a lot a lot more to slide and then worry Ennis in. But I'm just happy for a deeper rotation, man. This way we recruit too well to just have three receivers playing until literally they're having a stroke or something. Uh, I wish I don't know about it, but you know what I'm saying? They're out there getting carried to the sideline with dead legs, and obviously at the end of the in Michigan game, Emeka's running a 4-9 because they've been beating him down all season. So – Definitely issue nine. That was one of the best news I heard. I'm like, ah, finally, we get that six receiver rotation. So hopefully we're back to that. But um, Ryan, got anything else on receivers? Nope. Let's talk about some more pass catchers or ah. alleged pass catchers. <laughs> the tight end. So yeah, they did touch on the tight end room, and we actually did hear another rotation stat. We're ready to go two to three deep at tight end, which basically includes all the guys we talked about in the offseason. So I will say, Ron. Do you think this is finally ample opportunity that one we actually get to see which tight end is going to be able to make us plays down the stretch? Or do you think this is more, yeah, Kay Stover is going to be our guy and then we'll roll to these other guys and they'll get a little bit of opportunity? It's exactly what it is. Kay Stover's <laughs> our guy. You'll see some G Scott. And if Joe Royer's healthy, he'll play. Like that's exactly what uh, I feel like you're getting out of them. Like, Cade is going to play regardless. I think G is here for a reason. I feel like he put in the work and he's going to get this his opportunity this year if he can, you know what I mean, not headbutt people. So, I mean, as long as he's not out there getting personal fouls, I think G is going to be that second tight end. I know Royer was banged up a little bit during fall camp, so I think G has solidified himself as that second tight end, if not pushing for first string snaps. So, um, they initially said two, two to three, so um, it sounded like they had two people in mind. I would assume that's Cade Stover and G. Scott. So hopefully, um, hopefully Joe's healthier this year and is able to make a push into that rotation. But I think you're primarily going to see G and Cade. That's actually a bold take. I didn't. I when I thought of um, my fault, everybody, unprofessional. <laughs> when I thought of um, who was starting and uh, when he said two or three, I was thinking Royer at two. And I was, it's funny they put out that um, they put out that highlight video yesterday of the tight. Was it yesterday of the tight ends or was it the day before? I think it just came. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. They put out they put out that video and um, two guys in that in that video look freaky. Oh, actually three, but two guys look freaky. That is supposed to be this top three. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to see them go catch balls. And one guy looked a little stiff. And I was like, that's who we're going to get, isn't it? <laughs> well, you remember when Anon was on here and Cade got uh, 
a lot. Kate of had to go run laps for jumping off sides. They said G was the first one in. Right, well, yeah, yeah, it's true. Our inside information, but man, G Scott's earned it, man. He's been here. He's he stuck it through position change. I really hope he gets his fair shared opportunity. And I'm happy if they actually go three deep and give these guys opportunities, whether how it turns out and who if he was featured, you get the opportunity. That's all you can really ask for. And um, I'll be happy with it. So good news for the tight ends. If three guys can play all well, and I'm excited for this room to actually take a leap off of what's been the last couple of years where we didn't use Ruck. And then last year where we really didn't rotate and Cade sort of left a little to be desired. But yeah, um, we got 43 people in here, man. It's early. Y'all awake today. So make sure y'all like that video. All that. We appreciate you coming through. Let us know. Um, let us know what you think about the notes and um, chime in there and we'll get to the chat. But, um, yeah, let's keep it rolling. So, Ron, running backs, which we talked about, and we said in the other, what was that, Tuesday? We said, who is going to be the top running backs this season? Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Because you can't play all five. So, this is what we've heard so far from Ryan Day. Why are you free so hard? Because cause we talked about Dallin Hayden at the end of the episode, and people were so offended the other day and were so confused why I said Chip would play more than Dallin. Did you hear I'm, how fast he rattled off that depth chart in the interview? He well, said, he, we got yeah. Trey, Mayan, Chip, Dallin, and maybe Evan will get carries. So – Cool. I may have I may have been off base by saying Dallin Hayden was RB five. Forgive me, RB four. Well, if he, I will say I will give you credit because if if Pryor is the one who's just getting healthy and might play, he, he really might be five. Now, I do wonder in aspect because Ryan they showed me on the field last year that he trusted Dallin more than Chip in the Georgia game. That's who got the carries. That's who got the feature in that game. And that was like, well, if he's already in front of Chip, we hadn't even got to the offseason yet where he's supposed to make this jump. And all, all Intel tells us Dallin Hayden has made a jump from this season to last season. He's just in a packed running back room. Then he should be ahead of Chip. So I'm interested to see how this plays out when we when we start to you play. You want to bet an eyebrow on who has more carries on Saturday? <laughs> I'm gonna go buy a fake eyebrow. Put it above my normal eyebrow, and I'm going to bet that eyebrow. And I, I can just take it off, and then we can carry out day as usual. Will that make you happy? I mean, not really, but. <laughs> Good thing I was bored with a spare. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have two. You can spare one. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, I'm in, that's the most interesting uh, out of the lineup. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, man, it tells me Pryor isn't quite ready to go yet, but I think like I said, I, I made a bold statement on here. I was like, I think Pryor's going to end up running back two in this room. I think he's talented. He's highly recruited. Top By the 100. end of the season? if I said if healthy. I think if healthy, Pryor will end up as running back two in the room. And you claimed, you, you told me, you said in the Michigan game, Evan Pryor did not play as one of our home run hitters. I think the well, the way he runs, he shows patience from what I a little bit we've seen. We haven't seen it a lot, but he shows patience. He hits the hole. Actually, the stretch run game, which I don't know how much we're going to use this season, would probably fit Pryor a lot better than it fits Trey. I think this dude can really ball. So, And I would put him, I think his features, his ball skills, his top-end speed would put him ahead of mine, who runs hard, runs well. But I think those features that Pryor has will put him above him as far as playing running back, as far as in the running back room. So 
that's where I would win. So if he's healthy, Allen truly may be five, but I'm interested to see. Like this is this is one of those where we talked about it yesterday, letting it see letting it play out on the field. This is one of those where I would like to <laughs> see it play out on the field and guys get carries and really see who has that pop and who doesn't. So that is that is where I would like to go with this room. Is that something you would want to sure see? We shouldn't just name a starter like, and roll with it. You you see you see the like you let it play out on the field. So is this a position where you would love to see that? That's what I'm saying. Let it happen, bro. We're two days away from game day. Just let these let them play, man. See, my main problem with that statement of let it play out on the field is we don't never see it play out on the field. How many times have we sat here and we know the guy behind the guy on the field probably is better? And does not even get a chance in hell to go out there and prove it on the field, barring injury. How many times have we seen that? What? The guy where we have a guy playing and we're like, that's probably not the best guy. And they probably the best guy or the one that gives the well, gives the best chance eventually is sitting on the bench. A but lot we of don't times let it, we don't on defense the past two years, but on offense, they usually get it right. Like how many times on offense have we been like, you know what? They're playing the wrong guy. No, I think on uh, well tight end. defense. Yeah, tight end. Tight end. <laughs> that is true. On offense, they mostly get it right. Or offense is, is is um paneled so everybody can get a chance to at least get on the field. And defense, it's like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> I would love to see Steele and CJ Higgs play it on the field and see who's the better guy. Let me make an opinion. That's for Ryan Day if you're watching. I'd appreciate that. But yeah, man. Running back in room is deep. Uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. So moving on to the offensive line, which is the most important, in my opinion, I would probably stress that tonight of championship or bust. Um, we got some news. So Simmons at left tackle. Prior at right. Name? <laughs> Josh. <laughs> I, no, no, it's Jimmy. It's Jimmy. No, it's Josh. Okay, because somebody I forget who it is in the chat, but every time I get his name wrong, he says he wants to be called Josh. And I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anytime one of us, I don't know which one of us does it, because I don't go back and watch after we get yelled at. But with the person, there's someone. Anytime we say Lincoln Keenholtz incorrectly, they comment the phonetic spelling of his name. So. Make sure we start getting that right. It is Keen Holtz, not Kind Holtz. So I apologize. Not a yes, to, to his uncle that watches the show. We know how to say it now. Uh, so yeah. So and um Fryer was at right tackle. Hensman is at center. So new offensive line. Ron, I just want to ask you, what's your confidence level in this offensive line if, if it sets as it is today? Low. <laughs> Low. I think they're bullshitting us, like, magically. You know what I mean? We went from not being able to throw a screen pass, pass in practice to Ryan Day telling us that he thinks that they have some good depth pieces. So I think that's cap. Um, I would love to see them go out there and perform, but I need to see it first. Um, my expectations are low until I see it. I mean, if you're a – you know what I mean? Josh Fryer looked really good – when he came in the game, at least I think so. I mean, Zach says otherwise on Menace. He thinks that Josh Fryer is a guard and didn't play well at tackle last year. I agree. I mean, I don't have, you know what I mean? I'm not a former, I'm mean, just a Hall of Fame Twitter coach. You know what I mean? I never actually coached on the field, never had my never hand in the dirt. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, I I never noticed Josh Fryer in the game and been like, get him the fuck out of there. So, um, 
for him to get pushed by Luke Montgomery, maybe uh, clearly, you know, to mean something that I'm missing is happening there that he's not performing in the way that I thought he performed last year. So I do have concerns at tackle. And you know what I said about false starts. And if I'm seeing tackles jump off sides, like I'm going to need to order a new TV now because the remote's going through it because <laughs> that is like one penalty that like I I'd rather have G Scott headbutt someone every game than watch our tackles jump off sides like you know the snap count like I know it gets loud but for the most part you you can hear lock in bro lock in it's simple like that like those are the basic things that like we can't be shooting ourselves in the foot especially with a young quarterback or a first time starting quarterback so I think the I'm going to need to see the offensive line really lock in play a fairly penalty free game and keep our quarterbacks clean before I go out there and without any worries because I absolutely have concerns going into Saturday I agree with you 200%. Chad, let me know, um, with the given offensive line, what's your confidence in them? Give me a one through five on where your confidence level would be. Um, yeah, I tend, I tend to agree. I mean, as much as, um, as much as I was happy to get Josh Simmons because we didn't have a left tackle, even though coaches told us we had a left tackle at the beginning of camp or not in the beginning of camp at the beginning of the off season. Oh, Josh Fryer, he's going to move over left tackle. And I say bullshit. And I was right. So I question coaches there want to know. Um, anywho, he's in here. He did have some. Uh, I don't know if that's the record. Honestly, I'm going to have to check the archives. What is, <laughs> that does not sound correct, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna Unde- check the stats guy. Undefeated, but um, yeah, Simmons in it is in here, so happy to see him at left tackle. Hopefully, he does not have any false starts for Ron's TV's sake because he did have some at San Diego State. But um, hopefully, cleans it up. Um, Fryer at right tackle. I am. I may have gone Luke Montgomery here. I think I said it. If he if it's that close, you have three games against non elite defenses it's that close do you go with the younger guy that's what that's what i heard that's what i've always known but apparently at ohio state things are different but that's just just what i heard uh who am i to question the coaches anywho yeah i probably go with him at right tackle but his been quietly man at center it's been no fuss off season that's what i love to hear that makes me believe we're gonna have one of the best interiors in the nation that gives me a lot of faith going into that they can get the tackles right the guards are experienced they played for well, at least one year but uh, Matt Jones has been here for a while so they can help out the tackles and we will get there so I, I I still trust in Justin Fry I have faith if I had a one out of five I probably put it at like a three I'm optimistic about this offensive line I'm hoping for the best so we'll see there but um do they give up a sack on Saturday Oh, of course. Yeah, they give up a sack. Somebody's going to confuse some shit, and some guy's going to run free, and we're going to be like, what the hell? It's going to happen. It's early on, three new starters. It's going to be some growing pains, but hopefully, like we've been saying, they just have to be ready for the Notre Dame game. Like, that's the game where you're truly going to get tested. Um, that's the game where you need to play guys early so they can get all the reps they need so they are ready to walk into the big game. So that there's where I would go offensive line. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say a three out of five is where I'm at. So give me your number. Uh, I'm seeing confident. Give me a number rating. One one through five. Let me know what's good. And take a moment. We got 50 people in here. Y'all ready for the season?
I see Ron wanted to hit me with that jump scare of a video. He did not tell me. He was, I was like, the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a new video. Make sure you like and subscribe. Should I run it back? Want to see me do it again? Yeah, we're warning. Let's do an ad. Goodness, I had to spend our whole entire budget on the licensing for that music. So make sure you (laughs) smash that like button, or I'm gonna start screaming like yesterday. So let's get that up to 30 likes. I need to turn my speakers down. Good lord! (laughs) But yeah, man, y'all are in here. Appreciate that. Um, let's keep it rolling. So the last news Ryan Day really gave us was who is gonna be in the box this season. So we return with Jim Knowles. We know he's in the box, coordinating the defense, getting them right. On offense, we heard two names, Corey Dennis and Coach Key. Ron, will ask you, um, K-Dub walks out. We obviously know he was the uh, eye in the sky for Ryan Day. Coach Keith probably fills in there because I think Corey Dennis was in the box before, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he was, wasn't he? Was Corey Dennis in the box before? Yeah. I'm not sure. Not sure. Okay. Uh, I, I believe he was, and honestly, I like this move. I gave Corey Dennis a lot of credit over the offseason for not making any wrong decisions yet. So being a mid-tier valued coach on this team due to some argument, but I stuck by it. So um, I think this is a big time, I think it's a big time move for Corey Dennis. He's in the box. He's going to be the guy looked upon to be the eye in the sky for Ryan Day, really see the field, see how things play out. Um, I, I think this is important for him, and I honestly like this move of him getting this um, getting this chance because now he's almost at the, the co-coordinator position because he's the eye in the sky. So I want to know, what do you think about this? You think it's a big move for his career? Obviously, he's a young guy, been in here, came in here on the day, worked under – or came in here under Urban Meyer, worked under day this time, and um, I think it's a good chance for him. What do you think? Coach Key being up in the box? No, not Coach Key, Coach Dennis. Being oh, the main eye in the sky now that K-Dub is gone. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a big move for him. Um, we'll see how long it lasts if he's the guy that stays up there. I know Zach said that he thinks Coach Key's a brilliant mind, and that's a, a good guy to have up there. Um, and also, I mean, Corey's the quarterback guy. He's going to be the quarterback's eyes, be able to relay the coverages down to um, Ryan Day. I think that'll be big for him. And, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a step in the right direction. I don't know where what his career trajectory is, like what his ultimate goal is, um, whether it's to be, you know what I mean, quarterback at Ohio – or quarterback coach at Ohio State, and, you know what I mean, that's what he wants to do, or if he wants to take the next step to become an offensive coordinator. But I do think that experience in the box will be something nice to have on his resume. And also, I mean, I would imagine it has to be a huge learning experience being up there, just being able to see everything live during the game and have to be able to – you know, uh, verbalize that and get that information down to Ryan Day. So I think it'll be a nice experience for him. It's definitely far as growing as a coach. Yeah, I I believe that trajectory would have to be OC. I mean, I'm sure I would love him to stay as quarterback coach for forever and the staff just to stay as it is right now, and I'd be happy to go. But um, I'm I'm sure he has bigger um, priorities on his list and be an OC. And I just think being that main guy, I mean, Coach Key, 
I've, like Zach said, he does see the field well. He, he knows him well, but he's just walking into that. <laughs> you know, just walking into the box for the first time on, on, on Saturday as a full-time position coach. I wouldn't expect him to just put all the weight on him. I think it's going to be on Corey and it's his show to drive and let him know what's really going on as far as the secondary and things like that and how the defense and offense is playing. So I think it's a big chance for him, so just wanted to give him a shout-out. And obviously Coach Key gets his opportunity. So all set there. Okay, now the main man, the guy. Mr. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, they said this before he left. So let's talk about that freshman. And I'll, I'll leave this to you, Ron. You, you've been on the freshman campaign. So I'll let you take this one. Ron, what's going on with the freshman and who will play? I mean, to the two names that we've heard all offseason are definitely going to play. I mean, we've heard Carnell Tate has been tearing it up at wide receiver. Um, so I think he's definitely going to get some run this year. And, I mean, he may push for that third wide receiver spot before the year's all said and done. Like I said, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is telling the truth and this kid is better than Marv was coming <laughs> into last year and we don't put two Marvin Harrison Juniors out on the field, I'm going to have to put my Hall of Fame – Twitter jacket on and get on this podcast and start screaming again. So if I if Carnell Tate gets out there and looks like Marvin Harrison Jr. and we're still trotting Julian Fleming out by uh, the Notre Dame game, we're gonna have some tough conversations. Um, and then as far as Malik Hartford, we already know you know he's the best safety in the country and he's a true freshman. So I think we're gonna see big playing time out of him. Um, you know, they still saying great things about Jahad Carter, and um, that does give me a little bit of pause there because um, I know he's the more experienced guy, and, I mean, everybody who's been at practice, everybody in the chat that has seen him play has said nothing but great things about him. I know Q tried to sneak in a little hooker line a few days ago, still haven't <laughs> got that. Shades. That archives right there. But – um. Yeah, I think uh, Malik and Carnell are going to be the most significant contributors. And they said you could expect to see Arvell on special teams. So it makes me wonder, do you think we'll see any of the true freshman wide receivers in the kicking game? And if not, should we fire Parker Fleming? It will. I don't think I can say Parker Fleming's job on this channel. I think it's well. He's been fired at least 417 times to date. At least once so. an episode. Yeah. <laughs> once. I think I might put that in my Twitter bio. Just like delete my whole bio and just say fire Parker Fleming. <laughs> you honestly should just for marketing reasons. But um, yeah, but I actually wanted to have a follow-up question. We we heard those in um. I, I do want to ask this to you in the chat. So we heard those names. Arvell Reese, Cardinal Tate, Malik Harford, Luke Montgomery at offensive line, which I think he needs to play. If you had to give me two more freshmen, and this is not based on anything, but that you would like to see on the field this season, besides those four, who would – and and don't answer Brandon Ennis. That's too easy. So let's scratch that. Brandon Ennis as well. We'll throw him in there with them because he's going to play. Now, outside of Brandon Ennis, two more freshmen you want to see on this field. And this is for the chat as well. Who would be those two freshmen you would love to see get a crack at some playing time? I knew you were going to say Brandon Ennis first, so I took him off the board. And, like, I'm trying not to be that guy and, like, say another wide receiver. Lincoln, I guess? <laughs> I want to see the West Dakota Heisman. Like, uh, like I see no Rogers in the chat. Like, I like I'm a big fan of all of these freshman wide receivers. Um, but no, I got it. I got it. I was I was searching for the name and I I couldn't figure out where I wanted to go. Jermaine Matthews. Ah, I want to see Jermaine Matthews by the end of the year. I think Jermaine Matthews is one of the best. Uh, 
like I think he's one of the most talented freshmen on this team, and that says a lot because despite not having a lot of five stars, I loved last year, the 2023 class. I think there's a lot of uber-talented people in there. I think Jermaine Matthews, uh, because he played in Ohio and was a late riser, I think he's a five-star if he's in Florida or, or Georgia or Texas. So that's a guy, if he gets on the field, I think that speaks a lot to where he is in his development. So I'm going to go with Jermaine Matthews. Yeah, I, I would have went there too. You actually took mine. Um, if I had two outside of Jermaine Matthews, I believe Jelani Thurman was not mentioned. He has to play. Dude, has you have to find a way to get him in there somewhere. That was one of the givens. So I think he has to play. And also, too, um, I would I, I would have went to the wide receiver after and said Noah Rogers has to play. I think he's another guy who's demanded playing time. He's making plays and at least just get him out there and see, you know, what he can do. But hopefully – we're um, giving playing time, and I think the, I think with this little bit of youth resurgence, they're finally going to give guys more time on the field when we're beating people fifty to ten, and still have Tommy Eichenberg running around, and and whoever starts at quarterback still throwing passes. I mean, like, but do we chase the Heisman with him? Like, do we add stats and have Tommy rack up an extra ten tackles in the fourth? My question is, I don't know if we could chase the Heisman more than we did last season. <laughs> Who, Tommy? Yeah, Tommy was playing. Tommy was making tackles as time was expiring. I think they they Heisman him out, and unfortunately, Caleb Williams came back. <laughs> so I mean, let's be for real. We all know Tommy's a better player than Caleb Williams. How much? Honestly, but honest question: How much more can he chase the Heisman? <laughs> He got know, maybe offense to chase the 120, That's what I'm saying, bro. We need to get Tommy Eichenberg on punt return. I want to see a couple fucking reps at tight end. I think Tommy, you know what I mean? If we do if we do the necessary things, get him involved on in the return game, maybe a couple carries in the goal line. Like tell me, tell me that wouldn't get you hype. You're sitting there, we're in the red zone, we're on the two, and you just see Tommy E trotting out on the field because you know he's about to get the ball on the goal line like you're, you're honestly, coming that wouldn't fire you up you wouldn't be fired up for that honestly just because of the, the sheer like what is going on because i I'd take I my shirt hyped. off and run down my street i i would be hyped <laughs> to see what is about to happen if i see tommy i can run off well, someone's gonna get, die because someone's gonna try to tackle tommy and get fucking obliterated oh man that would be crazy but yeah um, those are the guys I would like to see. And they mentioned Jelani Derman, Matthews in the chat. So those are a couple guys um that we would like to see as well. But um, yeah, man, I'm mean, also interested to see uh he mentioned Luke will play. I'm interested to see if he actually contends for that tackle spot. That's something I do want to see because I feel that's a battle. So the other guys aren't necessarily, I guess Cardinal Tate's in a battle, but oh, you want to see them played out in the game? But yeah, if hey, if we do it in a quarterback. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I better. I, I better be able to tell you the best because we. Cause that's what we're going to do, man. Just a little bit critical today. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I, <laughs> I would love to see it for all positions. If we're going to do that. Also, too, one thing I would love to see is them march out Taiwan Malone at X on offense and let her run away. <laughs> if, you, if you watch, if you watch highlights, you know what I'm talking about. So that's what the if you go, if we go give Tommy the chance, I want to see Tywin Malone go out at X and let him make a play. You know one one other thing I really want to see. What? Everyone like the video. Ah. <laughs> Smash that like button, guys. Yeah. yeah, don't make Ron play that video again and scare the shit out of me. It just happened I'll do five it. minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm looking out for it. All right, yeah, everybody, make sure you like the video. 
uh, 56 people in here. Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. We got a couple days before the season. Cannot wait. So, Jim Knowles, our guy, Jim Knowles, who I've gained a lot of trust in this offseason by what Your he guy? said. Yeah, my guy. I, I trusted Jim Knowles now. And now he has to show me what he's been talking about all offseason because it seemed like he learned some lessons from last year. So, he has to show me. But he started out with free safety, and this is what Jim Knowles said. He said, we will see Jihad Carter, Malik Harford, and Josh Proctor. Now, we famously talked about a position battle yesterday. Ron, how do you feel about three guys contending for the free safety position, I believe this would be, um, going into the season? Um, Obviously... I have my preference of who I want to play, but I think both of the, I think all three of those guys are capable. Um, I know you own all of the land remaining on Josh Proctor <laughs> Island. I know, the I know the foundation is sinking into the ocean, but I mean, I think he's a big hitter. I think he has all the athleticism to play. I mean, you've seen former players talk about the things that Josh Proctor used to do in practice. For some reason, you know, after he missed that tackle last year, we never saw him again. Um, he broke his leg in the Oregon game. I mean, I still argue that that defense was so bad that if Josh Proctor doesn't break his leg, he's probably the best player on that defense in 2021. Um so if he gets the opportunity, I'm definitely going to support it and uh, be happy for him. Jihad Carter, I've heard nothing but good things about him. And obviously, you know, this is a show sponsored by Malik Hartford. So um, we're pounding that drum. So if he gets the chance to play, I think he's going to go out there and kill it. So in this situation, um, I don't mind it. I think all of them are capable. I think uh, one of them will rise to the top. And if not... I think they're all good enough that they'll find ways to use them um, in situations where they're uh, be a best fit for the defense. So um, it's really the only remaining position battle that we have out there other than, you know, quarterback. Have we talked about that yet? Uh, the we, quarterback we battle? on it yesterday just a uh, little okay. bit. So tune in. <laughs> <laughs> but, so. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's really the only remaining battle, and I'm not frustrated by any of the people in contention. So I think whoever goes out there and wins it will deserve it. And, you know, we're excited to see how it plays out on the field. Um, Yeah, follow you on that. Um, It's three. It is a lot for one position, not to be kind of nailed down. But I talked about it coming into the season. I said, I think there's four corners that I can play at least, maybe five. And there's probably about five safeties who can play. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. What? Yes. Five corners? Let's hear it. Maybe let's five. Hear let's hear okay. Well, let's hear the four. Well, the five, you already know, because I would throw in the Jermaine Matthews in there, who probably can play and get some rotational time. Then Jair Brown, Jordan Hancock, and then our starting two. So you bring up Jordan Hancock. They talked about him in that interview. What did they say? Because I'm sure they walked out saying he was getting cooked. So <laughs> no, they walked out and said that they feel comfortable with three guys at corner. And when they suggested pushing one guy in, guy inside, there was only one name that they suggested playing on the inside. That's which one do you think that was? That's because he's Brooks which one Shades, do you think it was? Shades of Sean Wade. I'm telling you, that's that's out of here, bro. You, you, you're looking at it as a weakness. No, I'm not looking at it as a weakness. I'm looking at it as number one. They fucking capped to us in the beginning of the year when they tried to tell us that David Igbenosin was a safety and was going to play nickel corner, which was a fucking joke. Wait, 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 He's wait. Gonna... wait. Uh, time out. Who told you David Igbenosin 
was not an inside corner should be playing from on the outside from get go. Anyone with half a fucking it's, brain. No, no I'm not no. giving you that. I'm not giving you that. No. no one believed that. Yes, they did. Like, who the fuck was believing? Oh, yeah, David Ekinosa. We got this outside corner from Ole Miss. We're gonna bring him up here and have him play safety because we just have this plethora of corners. Zach and Chris Drew both went on there and said, "Yeah, safety. I see that he fits that inside shot way wrong." wrong. I said, "What? They were wrong." Both of them got both of them got on the show and were wrong. Is that four? Is that four? No, those two count as one each. Four? No. See, I don't. I'm not going to get disrespectful. We're just going to stop. Yeah, go ahead. We got four. um, No, man. I I think we have four corners that can play. I would like to see Hancock on the inside. That's what I've said from the beginning. Check the tape. Five and zero. And um, yeah, wouldn't mind him there. And and Jair Brown, man, he has to play. He's he's a really good corner. I think he's going to make a level up from last season, which he played fairly well for his first time on the field. So I would push it for maybe five corners that can play. And at safety, we we know the five guys who can play. So this is a time where I wouldn't mind them rolling guys and letting guys and play situational matchups. Obviously, don't put Sonny Styles on a guy who runs a 10-2 and be like, oh, well, good luck. Like, don't do that. We have matchups. We have plenty of players who can fit these matchups. And I would love to see these guys get playing time and roll, especially early in the season, late in the season. You'll know who your better players are. You know your better fits because you'll know more about the team. Bro, you know what I want to see this year from the secondary? What? More pass interference. <laughs> more pass interference. Hear me out. Hear me out. It, so- it, sounds- it sounds fucking crazy, but hear me out. Like, know where you're just, going. Just, like, give me a minute. Just give me. Just give me let, let me walk you through this. <laughs> How many times did we see motherfuckers just fall down? After a release, just sit down like, nope, can't do it. Or just get beat so bad that they're literally out of frame. Like, if you're getting juked out of the fucking frame, grab a face mask, please. Like, I don't care what you got. A horse collar, something, bro. We got to stop with these big plays, man. Grab a face mask, hold someone, get a pass interference, bro. Do not give up these 80-yard runs. Like, if, if I see someone miss a tackle like Cam Brown did, in the Michigan game, and there's a receiver streaking up the sidelines. Ryan Day got to pull Mike Tomlin, bro. Get your ass on the field. Go tackle someone. Let him run into you. Like, you have to st- – someone got to come off the sidelines and make the tackle, bro. These huge plays got to stop. And if that means we got to take a penalty because you held someone, hold them. Like, I'm sick of seeing people running naked through our secondary, bro. We need more pass interference. Hot take, but I'm putting it on the record. <laughs> like Mike said, Jay Benoson is a physical guy. That's so what I'm saying, bro. I I agree. I would much rather give him the 15 yards. Should we get? The, the should we put is, that on a T-shirt? More pass interference. The, the problem <laughs> is, it's not only guys getting beat and guys streaking down the field. Guys are running into each other. They're getting juked out their shoes and falling 10 feet away from the guy who's going the other way. So uh, there are situations on this team where they wouldn't even have the chance to do pass interference because <laughs> there's so much separation. If you haven't ever seen it, we did an interview with Gary on Conley at the beginning of the summer, and he talked about watching the Teton game, and he said there were plays where receivers on the other team ran into each other and still yeah. caught the ball. <laughs> Like these guys are doing a favor for you running picks on each other and you still can't even cover them. Need more pass interference, bro. It's the only, only thing I can conclude. Guys are running to each other on offense and our defense fell down. That's, that's, that was the result. <laughs> we expect that trip. Let's, let's copy them. got to match the route. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So Ron, I would give this one to you. 
Jim Knowles also mentioned, following the safeties, he said, Tommy Eichenberg is the best linebacker in the country. He also said, but he needs to improve in the pass game. On I mean, not everyone's perfect. Oh, here we go. Everybody has places that they can get better. It's not like he said, oh, he's terrible in the past game. He just said he needs to get better. And if he wasn't out there running around making every single tackle for the team for the entire year just because he's so elite and chasing Heisman stuff. And that's and that's the one thing that concerns me. Like, I really want this Heisman for Tommy, but I think his legs being fresh in coverage for the playoffs is just as important. So it's like trying to find that balance, like – I want him out there looking like Ed Reed in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it, with his coverage skills and ball hawking ability. But at the same time, he needs to, he got to be fresh. Like he has to be fresh to be able to play like that. So I think, I think we got to find a delicate balance of, you know what I mean? And that's why I think we need to get him those reps in the goal line because we can't have him out there just running up the stats with tackles. We're going to have to get him some offensive stats. So. I think Tommy, but like, again, all jokes aside, Jim Knowles sees what I see, the best fucking linebacker in the country. And what he said was that Tommy is so elite that he's able to identify the play that's coming and call the defense that best aligns to stop that. And he knows where the ball's going, that he's able to just fly to it and make the tackle. So, I mean, you don't hear that about every, When's the last linebacker that you heard out there with a fucking crystal ball predicting the play? And then not only does he know what play is coming, he knows what defense we need to stop it. Like, that's elite. Elite. Ron, I promise you, if you ever say that again, you're getting dropped. I better never hear. What did I say? (laughs) You said, I'm not surprised. Jim Knowles sees what I see. What? (laughs) Shit like that again. What do you mean? Hall of Fame Twitter coach out here. Like Jim Knowles. I'm glad that Jim Knowles is out here seeing what I'm seeing. Like elite. After Jim Knowles, after the game, Jim Knowles, what he does is he goes to his office and watches the playback that we do every Saturday where we watch the Buckeye game. And he's like, what's Ron saying about Tommy? Because that's my room. Because and he needs someone like me. Jim Knowles is up in the booth. He's a linebacker coach. You know what I mean? It's a position coach being used on the on the defensive coordinator. He needs eyes like me. They brought in James Laurinaitis. They have me out here telling you what Tommy's doing great. Like, he needs me. I, I apologize, Chad. Ron should have definitely been dropped for that. But it caught me so off guard that I was not prepared. <laughs> I said that Tommy Eichenberg has shades of Ed Reed in coverage, and you're mad about me questioning Jim Knowles. You didn't question Jim Knowles. You said Jim Knowles sees what I see. He does. We both see that he's the best linebacker in the country. What are we talking about? If Jim Knowles is out sick, they'll be in a D.C. less ride. I don't know. Nah. See, (laughs) I don't think I could be D.C. They're going to have to throw someone else up in the box because they're going to need my energy on the sidelines. Okay. All right. I I will give Jim Knowles this line of credit. He says Tommy Eichenberg is the best linebacker in the country. Oh, it's cool. When he says that you believe it, but when I've been telling you since March, no one was trying to hear me. I I don't believe it not one bit at all. No, to be honest, I really don't. But you said that. Go prove it. And if if Tommy Eichenberg is not the best linebacker, name a better linebacker. You just lost that line of credit. There's plenty of lists out there of linebackers. I, If I got my pick, I probably would not start with Tommy Eichenberg. But you know me. I like the freak shows. I like the guys going sideline to sideline. I like the athletic dudes. 
I my bro, my defense will be so fast. It would be like the flash out there at all positions, flying around. You wouldn't even know what hit you. But that's just how I like my defenses. I mean, you but always tell me you want your linebackers to return punts. I want my linebackers returning to punts. So Dude, you want Tommy Eichenberg to return punts this year. So you're on board with me. Yeah. You're, you're hearing as what I'm saying. As, we need to get the ball in Tommy's hands. As long as he looks like Ray, Rayler Wilson when he was returning punts, I am cool with Tommy Eichenberg returning punts. I'll just say that. If you have not seen Raylan Wilson's tape, go watch it. Linebacker for Georgia. That's how I want my linebackers to look coming into the coming into the program. But I'll give him a lot of credit. He says he's the best in the country. Let me know if you think Tommy Eichenberg will be the best linebacker in the country. And if he is, I'm like, hey, Jim Knowles. Will I'm be? Right, right, right with he you. He already not, is. Someone uh, would have to unseat know. him. We already know the answer. Yes, he is. Okay. No? Jim Knowles says he is, so let, let's roll with it and see what happens. Um, okay. So he also talked about the D-line. And basically at this point, he said a couple of things about the D-line. He says, basically, we got monsters up there. We just got to find a way to keep these guys healthy. That has been the big concern. I have questioned our sports science program about, man, guys get hurt out here a lot at Ohio State. I swear more than any other team, we got players just dropping off like flies. But, knock on wood, we've been pretty good this offseason. Ron, do you think this defensive line actually stays healthy all the way through the season? This may be the toughest question. I've, I'm I, not going to get on here and predict injuries. I don't know uh, who you're talking I'm not, to. I'm not but, saying you know, we're, we're going to be the pinnacle of health in college football this year. I think they're all going to be healthy. So, okay. yes, I'm, I'm banking on health. I got, I got belief in the nutrition staff. I got belief in Coach Mick. And I think boys are going to be healthy this year. I'm, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping finally we, we say guys help through the season. And I'm ready to get to this next question though on the show notes because this is something that we discussed recently, and it's something that Ron said, and Q wasn't trying to hear because this man was trying to crown him a first rounder already. So go ahead, Q. What's the next thing on the show notes say? You know, I should have just left this off because I'm one the one. No, go wrote, ahead, Q. Let's talk about it because you were so here. adamant that this guy was a first rounder the other day. But for some reason, in our show notes, something would lead you to believe that this is not something that you would say of a first rounder. So go ahead, Q. Tell us what the show notes say. Um, so we mentioned Ty Leak, and he said Ty Leak needs to consistently be a first rounder. No, that's actually not what the show notes says. It says Tylee needs to be more consistent, something that I completely agree with. I can't get on this show and tell you that someone's going to be a first-rounder when I don't even know if this guy is going to maintain shape for the entirety of the season to allow himself to still be playing at the end of the year. Do I think that Tylee is an exceptional talent and has first-round talent? Yes. But until he goes out there and is healthy for an entire season, in shape for an entire season, and has the motor when he's in the game for every snap, I don't see a first-round pick. One, I think Ty Leak has the talent to be a first-rounder, like you. Two, last season, I don't care if he played like a seventh-rounder. That would have been better than what we had on the field. So let's start there. Um, yeah, man, we've, we've heard all this long about Tyler needs to be in shape. All I know is the guy steps on the field. He's an absolute monster. I don't see this inconsistency. He makes more plays than the next guy. Keep him on the field. I believe he has all the talent in the world. How don't you see the inconsistency when we only see him play eight snaps because he can't breathe? One, you got a guy, bro. bro look, when I, you used to be out of shape 
when you played with me, and yes, this was little league to high school, whatever, whatever. You were you were out of shape. They played you in the shape, basically. It wasn't no you. You gonna look goofy out there at Ohio State? Do they play you into shape? They might as well. We're playing Akron. <laughs> like make the guy play. Go make him play his way in the shape. That, that's that's all I'm saying. Shoot, if Tyleek Tyleek Williams out of shape was better than the guys we had in shape. Yes, we do have Tywo Malone that comes in this season. I see y'all mentioning him. Um, yeah, so that gives him contention on playing time. And if we had Tywo Malone last season and he played above Tyleek, you would have heard shit out of me. I would have been like, you know, he needs to be more consistent. Yada yada yada. We ain't got nobody. Besides Jerron Cage and Teron Vincent, hell yeah, he better be in the game. And Cam's got Hero Canoe. He always throw it in here. Des do it in there for him. So you got guys like that. I have less of a problem with Tyleek missing some time or getting criticized because he's in shape. We ain't had nobody else play his ass in the shape. That's all I know. I'm riding Tyleek bandwagon. Just way to his mom yesterday because, you know, we're from the same city. So um, all that being said, I think he will be a first round. He needs to be more consistent. I want to see this guy on the field because Ryan Day told me in spring ball and summer ball, Ty Leak and Mike Hall was wrecking practice. So I need to see it. <laughs> and I want to see him them wreck other teams' games. That's all I know. So, yeah. And moving on to linebacker again. We got two more notes before we get out of here. Oh, Make sure quick question. Like Someone said, yeah, why can't Ty Leak be like Jalen Carter? I'm asking the same question. Jalen Carter as a sophomore had as many tackles for losses as Ty Leak Williams has his entire career. So, I would love to see him be Jalen Carter, and I think that he has that capability. But until he goes out there and is able to play enough snaps as Jalen Carter and is productive, I am going to hold no, my no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to hold no. my first round draft grade. So, time out, time out. Now, Jalen Carter was not in shape. He was not in shape when he played us. And when um, when Zach did his review, he said Jalen Carter is very good. He's very disruptive. He gets lazy and he gets tired. The same thing's been said about Tyler Williams. He's a disruptive. With less production. He doesn't play. Which would lead you to believe that's why he won't be Jalen Carter. Because when Jalen Carter's fat and out of shape, he's outproducing Tyleek Williams. And when Tyleek Williams is fat and out of shape, he's on the bench. That's why. One, Jalen Carter has a different defensive coaching staff who knows who to put on the field. Second of all, when Jalen Carter is out of shape, they still play him more snaps. They throw him out there until they can't no more while freaking Ohio State is like, Oh, wait, did you get tired? Oh, yeah, come sit over here for an hour while they run uh, 22 die for 80 yards. So I would contend. What does Larry Johnson tell you? What does Larry Johnson say? I don't know. What does he say? I watch these guys in practice every day. I want my players out there playing at full speed. I am fully aware of the amount of snaps they are allowed. They are able to play at full speed and be successful. So clearly, you, you, you Larry, know Larry feels that you know Larry also I told me? What? Go ahead. Larry also told me, I watch these guys at practice every day, and I believe Jerron Cage is no, he did not say that. No, are he good did not enough say to go that. beat Georgia because I'm going to play them like he hell. Or he played them because Mike Hall was hurt and because Tyleek Williams was out of shape. Mike Hall was in the game. He just didn't play a lot of snaps. I, if he's bro, this Because he was whole, nursing an injury. Man, this, look, this whole hurt thing, we've all played sports. You either can play or you can't. Like, if you can suit up, you can put the pads on, you can roll out there, then you're able to play. I understand limiting a, a snap, but 
it, I don't want to hear this. Oh, so you understand last, the rotation last, now? Last snap of the season where the game is on the line? Put your, I don't care how hurt he is. If he's your best player, put him in the game, man. No pass rush. Sets admitted back there like, I got all the time of the world. Oh, look at Brock Bowers. He ain't got open all game, but because I have 42 seconds, because Jerron Cage is over there on the ground. That, that's what Colleagues on the sidelines gasping for air. No, he's not. He was He had played in like four drives. Oxygen mask on. Like, come on, coach. I need like three more plays. This is, this is, you hitting the rumor mill. This is not true at all. You have no idea. I was on the sidelines, bro. They brought me in for a halftime speech. I'm not going to get invited back this year. We're in the Tylee Gleach cam. We just see what he's doing 24 7 during the game. Hey, we got the messy Yeah, bro, got, standing next to him, bro. We got the messy like, crank up that oxygen tank. Cam. I'm dying over here. Oh, man. Let, let's, let's, get, let's get out of here. Wait, you bro. see this? Because Tommy's elite, bro, with two broken hands out there, still the best linebacker in the country. Bro, hey, <laughs> I, I said Jim Knowles told me that. I'm riding with it until it's proven otherwise. Oh, but you believe Jim Knowles when he tells you that uh, he's great, but don't believe Larry Johnson when he tells you that Ty Leak's out of shape? Larry Johnson told me. Come on, bro. You can't have it both ways. You believe the coaches or you don't. Believe Come on now. Over here on both sides of the fence, Q. (laughs) See how Q does me out here? This man takes both sides of the argument just to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I see Mike. He said Mike Hall injury to allow him to be at his best. Did allow him to be better than Jerome. Thank you, Mike. Hey, Mike, you want to do this show? What time is it? You. Bro, all right, let's let's get out of here. Look, all right. Cody Simon and CJ Hicks, because y'all gonna have me over here running this back. Cody Simon and CJ Hicks will play. Is that good news, bad news, indifferent, Ron? Let me know. I mean, anytime I hear that we're actually gonna play five stars, I'm excited to hear that. So I think seeing CJ out on the field is gonna be exciting. I think people forget Cody Simon was a top 100 player in his class. Um, which I think top five linebacker, maybe something like that. Um, but I think Cody Simon was overweight when he first got here. Um, He moved at a different speed, looked like he had a different level of fitness in the spring this year. And I'm much more comfortable with Cody Simon on the field this year. And I feel like when you have a guy like Tommy Eichenberg chasing the Heisman, you want to keep him fresh so he can play at the best of his ability. And I think Cody Simon allows him to do that because while Tommy is elite, I feel like Cody Simon brings a different level of athleticism to that Mike Backer position. So I think that um, having Cody in there and being comfortable with him, because, I mean, again, that 2021 defense gives people nightmares, and I swear we've seen every one of these linebackers be terrible that year. So, um, to you know, have that in the back of your head, but also see the growth that he's had and a testament to what Jim Knowles and Jay Laronitis has been able to do with these guys in that linebacker room because Al Washington was a complete dumpster fire of a coach at Ohio State. So now that we have like real coaches out there developing the linebacker room, I think that we can um, expect to see big things out of Cody Simon. Yeah, I'm just saying what you obviously it has to play. That's the one I said I would love to see play out in the public spotlight to see who are the best linebackers. Cody Simon had a lot of faith in. I said the other day on the show, I was like, man, I wouldn't mind seeing the backup start, to be honest, because Cody Simon, even, even with Al Washington throwing the linebacker room at times, looked like a pretty good player. He looked at play, looked freaky, moving like a bullet when he when he uh, blitzed in that in the, was it Minnesota game. And I was like, oh, this kid's got something. So love to see him second time, um, second go around in the defense. 
I just would love to see what he can do and can he actually play. Let it play out in this public spotlight is all I'm saying for here. But, and, but I'm happy these guys are going to get to play. We'll love to hear Gabe Powers as well. We'll love to hear Reed Carrico because we haven't, we don't know what those guys can do. So I would love to see them get playing time as well. And last note is Arvell Reese. He needs opportunities. He plays fast. Arvell Reese, another uh, Glenville guy, as my guy Mike would say. Are you excited to see Arvell Reese? Is this, is this good news? He's coming into, he's coming into camp. He's making a name for himself. How do you feel? If we have to go five deep in our edge rotation and it's a true freshman that transfer or that switch positions from linebacker to edge, I feel like we have issues. Um, yeah. I think Arvell is going to be great, um, but I hope to see him in special teams. If he's coming off the edge early in the season, I, I mean, you're making that face, bro. We saw Jack Sawyer, a five-star edge rusher who came in at heavier than uh, – Heavier than Arvell Reese is right now, getting ragdolled in Minnesota. Please go watch Jack Sawyer's first game in Minnesota, and he's literally getting fucking thrown around like a, a child. So, I mean, I think Arvell is going to be great. I think he's going to have a great career. If he's playing at edge, I think something went wrong. Yeah, no, my question wasn't really Arvell Reese. It was more of uh, just just thinking about it. It's been a quiet – I know he's coming off injury, but it's been very quiet – for Mitchell Melton, who got all the hype last season before he got hurt. And That's Jim Knowles' favorite fucking player. He talks about him all the time. It's just, I haven't heard a lot from him outside of somebody mentioning, oh, he's back. Like, I really, I, I, do you have newer news than I have? Not, maybe I just missed I mean, it, he's, well, he won. he won Jim Knowles' participation trophy that he gives out to everyone on defense before the end of camp. Um, every time he talks about the Jack, he says, Mitch and CJ. I mean, that's Jim Knowles. I mean, guy. Has, if there's one guy that I'm not worried about playing on on the defense is Mitchell Mellon. I think Jim Knowles will absolutely find a way to get his guy on the field. Like I've never like Jim Knowles talks about Mitchell Melton like his favorite player on the team. So I think Mitch will find a way on the field. Damn. Does he finish above Tommy Eichenberg in the Heisman? Mitchell Melton? No, because he plays a position that doesn't exist in our defense, but we still talk about in every press conference. <laughs> He's getting hype. Oh, man. But that, that's all I got for show. Let me get Ron out of here so he can go to work. Ron, you got anything else? Uh, no. You want to tell the people what else we got going on this week? And we can get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and also, too, I see Mike in, in, in the chat. I, I pack Mike up every Sunday on Buckeye BS. So make sure you tune into that. He, he says he has these great arguments. I just box him up every Bro, week. Bro, this is going to be the long. Like, I swear to God, if Je if Devin Brown outperforms Kyle McCord, this is going to be the longest fucking episode of your life. And all the people that don't, and all the people that don't like screaming Ron, cool. get ready for Sunday because your boy is fucking and, coming and, to and, scream if Devin Brown comes out here and performs. And the and the gap is that wide. Ryan Day lied to us, and he owes me an apology. No, no backpedaling. Ain't no backpedaling. I said that. No backpedaling. But um, yeah. So tonight, everybody, seven p.m. I know what you're thinking. Thirsty Thursday. We bringing the drinks. Me and Chris Drew will be in here at seven p.m. Go about an hour. Um, we're gonna have a great show. It's gonna be fun. State of the program. We bring the energy. You know how that goes. So make sure you tune in that at seven p.m. Show on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Pre-game show. Got some special guests coming in that you haven't seen. Going to kick off the show. Um, Ron will be here. I will be here. Mike will be here. Cam will be here. The whole gang will be around. So that should be fun. And should see Wait, that. Cam will be here for what? Well, you said pre-game show? Yeah, pre-game show, right? Cam will be 
in Indiana at the game, so he might be calling in from it, but I do not believe he will be on the show. Oh, well, we'll make him call in just so I'm right. I mean, six and out. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Leisure Report, <laughs> we will be there after the show. Ron did a great job over there, so they're bringing him back. So make sure you have that app and you can see our pretty faces up there after the game, giving our instant reaction. And then Sunday, Buckeye BS, like I said, where Mike will get boxed up per usual. Ron. Before we get out of here, I'm never golfing with you because your fucking record keeping of score is out of this world. This man just said six and oh on takes against the coaches. This man is probably shooting a 55 on 18 if you golf with him. This man's a fucking cheater when he's keeping score. Probably because you can't cheat. Bro, no, it's because I'm one of the best in the world at mini golf. I'm, I'm never lost. State championship. Got my ring upstairs. Go get it. We got time. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, my dog's barking. We got to go. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Your boy got to get to work. It is running late, but I appreciate you guys pulling up. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's. It's the same thing on Twitch. It's too shysty. On TikTok, I will be on Bleacher Report for an instant reaction on Saturday. If you missed the fans edge yesterday, make sure you go back and watch the last episode on the channel. They did an excellent interview with uh, Michelle from, uh, she's a Utah insider. She had some great insight, told a really cool story about Suge Knight. So make sure you go check that out as excellent episode. Um, So if you missed that, make sure you go tune into that. Uh, We have state of the program tonight. We'll see you here in a few hours. Q's going to be pissy drunk, so make sure that you pull up. And then, uh, yeah, we got a game game on Saturday, man. It's crazy football season's here. But we appreciate you guys pulling up. Also, the chase for 5K starts tonight with big Chris Drew in here. We're actually pretty close, moving at a race. So we're going to try to hit it by the end of the – by Sunday. If we get the 5K by Sunday, Q said he will shave both eyebrows (laughs) on live so make sure you tell a friend if your dog has a youtube make sure that they're subscribed make sure you smash that like button because it helps us so much in the algorithm but we are going to get out of here so i do not lose my job i appreciate you guys for pulling up and we will see you in like 12 hours like the video we out yeah. Come on.